Hello, this is your fertility pharmacist. This podcast is for women who are trying to overcome infertility. If you keep a pulse on late-breaking fertility research, it could positively alter the course of your fertility journey like it has for me. Hi, I'm Elise, your fertility pharmacist. Just as I was looking to record a new podcast episode, a new and interesting paper came out. On June 22nd, a large British journal called BMJ posted a research article called Infertility, Recurrent Pregnancy Loss, and Risk of Stroke, Pooled Analysis of Individual Patient Data of 618,851 Women. As the title suggests, this was a study looking at the risks of stroke in less than perfectly fertile women. The study was able to look at a lot of women, over 600,000, thanks to a consortium of seven countries that came together. The seven countries that participated in this trial were Australia, China, Japan, the Netherlands, Sweden, the United Kingdom, and the United States. All of these countries had collected data on infertility, stillbirth, and miscarriage. And together, their database of combined studies is called INTERLACE, which is a fun acronym that stands for the International Collaboration for a Life Course Approach to Reproductive Health and Chronic Disease state, disease Events. It's a mouthful. I'm going to keep calling it INTERLACE. There is collectively a lot of data that these seven countries can gather and Interlace chose to look at stroke data because worldwide, stroke is one of the most common causes of disability and death in women. Before this study, the research was either limited or inconsistent when trying to answer if stroke relates to infertility. To improve upon the inconclusive research, here's what Interlace did. They pooled together the results of eight different observational studies from those seven countries. These eight observational studies had gathered information by surveys and questionnaires on women's reproductive histories. Women had infertility if they self-reported trying and failing to conceive for at least 12 months, if they'd seen a doctor for infertility, if a doctor had diagnosed them with infertility, or if they had been treated for infertility. The questionnaires had also asked about miscarriages and stillbirths. Recurrent miscarriages were classified as having three or more miscarriages total, and recurrent stillbirths were defined as two or more stillbirths, sub subsequent or interspersed with live births. As for stroke, the information came from hospital records and or self-reported questionnaires. Women were excluded from the study if they had a stroke before the age of 40 because having a stroke at what is typically a premenopausal age made it very hard to tease out fertility issues. After pooling the data on strokes, infertility, miscarriage, and stillbirths, there were many statistical analyses performed. I've noted some of them in the show notes, but should you feel so inclined, the stats take up almost a whole page of the research paper. The most noteworthy piece from that section was that women with infertility did not have enough fatal strokes compared to other women so there were no statistical analyses conducted in this group. Now that you've heard about the statistics and the study design, it's time for results. As I mentioned at the beginning, over 600,000 women were included from eight different studies in seven countries. 17% of women in this study had experienced infertility, almost 17% had experienced miscarriage, 
and 5% had experienced stillbirth. Just under 3% of women experienced a non-fatal stroke at a median age of 62 years old, and 0.7%, so less than 1%, at a death-causing or fatal stroke at a median age of 71 years. When looking at infertility and stroke together, Interlace found that women with a history of infertility were at approximately a 15% higher risk of non-fatal stroke. They also found that women with a history of miscarriage were at 11% higher risk of non-fatal stroke compared to women who had never miscarried, and the risk of non-fatal stroke increased with more miscarriages. Regarding fatal strokes, they found that women with a history of miscarriages had an 8% increased risk of a fatal stroke versus women without miscarriages, and that risk increased with more miscarriages too. When it came to stillbirths, women with this unfortunate history had a 31% increased risk of non-fatal stroke versus women who had never had a stillbirth. Similar to miscarriages, having two or more stillbirths increased the risks of a non-fatal stroke. Women with one stillbirth had a 7% increased risk of having a fatal stroke, and the risk kept going up based on the number of stillbirths. These aren't results that anyone with infertility, recurrent stillbirths, or miscarriages wants to hear. Having said that, you've heard the bread and butter of what they found, and this is the gist of what Interlace had to say about their results. Overall rates of non-fatal and fatal stroke increased up to five times in women with recurrent miscarriages or recurrent stillbirths compared to women without these factors. Endothelial dysfunction may be the underlying mechanism for the increased risk of strokes in women with recurrent miscarriages and recurrent stillbirths. This dysfunction in the endothelium and or the presence of antiphospholipid antibodies could persist after a complicated pregnancy leading to a pro-inflammatory state that ultimately causes a stroke. Regarding women with recurrent pregnancy loss, they also singled them out for having a tendency towards unhealthy behaviors like smoking, which could increase the risks of stroke. Therefore, women with recurrent miscarriages or stillbirths should be monitored for stroke risks like high blood pressure and high cholesterol and be encouraged to maintain a healthy lifestyle. I put all of that together uninterrupted with my opinions because I largely agree with them, though I recognize that many women with recurrent pregnancy loss are maintaining healthy lifestyles. That's a different discussion for a different episode. In contrast to their perfectly acceptable explanation for women with stillbirths and miscarriages, their explanation for the increased stroke risk in the infertility group, I felt that was insufficient. Here's the gist of what they wrote about women with infertility. Women with infertility have an increased risk of non-fatal stroke, primarily the subtype of stroke called the ischemic subtype. This may relate to polycystic ovary syndrome, aka PCOS, or premature ovarian insufficiency, aka POI. Then they went into the underlying physiologic reasons why PCOS or POI might cause a stroke. Lastly, for their section on women with infertility, they shared how women with infertility are more likely to be smokers, be obese, and have mood disorders, and then they connected these underlying factors to strokes. What they did not say, and what they should have said, is that their explanations accounted for less than half of the causes of infertility in women. 
they admitted at the very end of the paper that there were several pieces of data they didn't have on causes. Besides endometriosis and issues within the fallopian tubes, many women are not obese, do not smoke, and otherwise would not have mood disorders if they weren't so busy battling infertility. They don't fall into these categories of PCOS or POI. I'm glad I dug around on the BMJ website and found the appendix, which showed that not all studies were included when interlaced pooled data. Looking at figure S11, for example, it showed that six of the eight studies were included in the research on infertility and non-fatal stroke. It turns out that the study that came from the U.S., which for short was called the SWAN study, and a study from the U.K., they did not definitively show that infertility was associated with an increased risk of stroke. However, when these two studies were combined with the other four studies, collectively there was an increased risk. This is precisely why Interlace pooled together studies that use standardized definitions for diagnoses and had tangible outcomes, so they could look at enough patients with risk factors. This would increase the statistical power of their studies to be able to detect meaningful differences. It's a lot to think about, and if you're commendably curious, I'd encourage you to check out the 47-page appendix. There'll be no judgment from me if you don't. To some, I'm not 100% thrilled with their explanation on the link between infertility and non-fatal strokes. Overall, though, it was a solid paper. They had accounted for women using oral contraceptives and other hormonal therapies in their calculations which I'd been hoping they would do as I initially read the paper because these medications can increase the risks of stroke and skew results. The study also included women with infertility who hadn't necessarily sought medical help and thus were very silently trying to conceive, which is different than other fertility studies that often don't include this group. Interlace also did a fine job of explaining the limitations on their study, except for one thing. The paper noted that women might tend to overreport stillbirths, which I thought was interesting, so I read the paper they cited for this fact. The supposedly overreported stillbirths came from a 2015 Australian paper, which only had 49 women participating in the study. Also, this Australian study shared that women in this part of the world could not receive a birth certificate unless the fetus was stillborn at 20 weeks or thereafter. Therefore, many women who otherwise would have miscarried describe their tragic event as a stillbirth in order to give their babies recognition with a birth certificate. It's really hard to fault the mothers for that. Besides potentially not reading that Australian study and glossing over the results on infertility and non-fatal stroke, this was a strong paper. I would encourage you to read it. I'm posting a link to the research in the show notes as well as links that explain interlace and strokes in more detail. For these links and for more details on the study, head to www.yourfertilitypharmacist.com. This is Your Fertility Pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in. 